Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode number 50, The Mysterious Death of Debbie Wolf. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode 50 of the podcast, and I'm really excited about that because I'm really excited to be back. It's really been a blast getting you these new episodes, and thank you to everyone that has reached out to me about being back. It's really good to be here, and it's good to see each and every one of you, and I promise we will continue this regular schedule. Just the usual quick announcement, if you could, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps the show out, and it helps others find the show. Thank you for your support, as always. All right, that is it, so let's just get right into this episode. It's a good one. This is The Mysterious Death of Debbie Wolf. On December 26, 1985, 28-year-old nurse Debbie Wolf did not show up for work. And this was extremely unlike her, so everyone knew that something was wrong because she was the type of person that never missed a shift. And if she needed to stay home or was sick or something, she would definitely make a phone call. But she wasn't even answering her phone when her family called her, so they knew something was wrong. Concerned about Debbie's unusual behavior, her mother Jenny her stepfather John, and a family friend named Kevin drove to her house. And she actually lived in an isolated cabin, which was about seven miles outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina. They went to check on her, but unfortunately they did not find her. Jenny and the two men discovered her house was empty and strangely messy, which was really unlike her because she was an extremely tidy person and had everything in place and very clean all the time. Things were really out of place. Her purse was shoved under the bed, and the dogs looked like they had not been fed because they wanted food, which was also unlike her because she made sure to take care of her dogs. Now, what was really strange was a message on Debbie's voicemail, which was an answering machine because this was 1985. This man called, he was supposedly from the hospital, and he called to say Debbie had not been at work for several days which was not true because this was the first day that she missed work. Debbie was nowhere to be found, and after five days, authorities began to search for her also. They went through the cabin and the grounds with bloodhounds, but there was no signs of Debbie or anything about what had happened to her. Eventually, Debbie's mother began to grow frustrated that the police were not doing enough. There was a pond on the property, but the sheriff's department did not look into it. So Jenny herself hired Kevin, the family friend, and another family friend to look into the water. So on January 1st, 1986, they discovered what looked like a burn barrel at the bottom of a pond. And unfortunately, inside of it was the body of Debbie Wolf. And this was just extremely sad that her mother told them to look into the pond and then unfortunately the family friends did find her body in a barrel like that. It's really just devastating. According to the medical examiner, Dr. William Oliver, Debbie had drowned, but he could not say if it happened by accident or if foul play was involved. She did not have alcohol or drugs in her system 
and also she did not have any of the usual signs of drowning. Her airways were clear of white foam-like substance, and there was only half a teaspoon of water in her windpipe. But despite all these weird details, the sheriff's department concluded that her death was probably an unfortunate accident. Maybe she had been playing with her dogs and just fell into the pond, or maybe she was out for a walk or something like that and just fell into the pond. Now, that struck me as weird because she was in a burn barrel. I don't think she could have accidentally drowned and fell into a burn barrel. I don't know. But it was really strange. I mean, her body probably didn't end up in the barrel by itself. Well, according to the sheriff's department, there was no such thing as the barrel. The barrel that the family friend swore he had seen at the bottom of the pond mysteriously disappeared, and the deputies completely brushed off his statement. And that was not the only piece of evidence that happened to go missing. Her case quickly went cold, and for years and years, nothing happened. Eventually, a former police officer in the state of North Carolina went through the case files and found out the police had actually had possible DNA evidence. They had a vaginal swab that suggested that Debbie had sex shortly before her death. But somehow, the sheriff's department just lost the swab, just like they had supposedly lost the barrel. It seemed that all the evidence that didn't support their theory of the accident just disappeared without a trace. So what if she was assaulted or something? There was no evidence of this anymore. As far as suspects go, there were not many because Debbie was a well-liked woman. However, according to her mother, Jenny, Debbie was having some problems with a volunteer at the hospital who was basically stalking her. Authorities didn't claim that they interviewed this person and ruled him out as a suspect. But what's interesting about this is the volunteer left the hospital a few days after Debbie's body was found. I mean, it could be just because maybe he did love her and he was unable to work because of grief, but it was kind of suspicious nonetheless. So as of today, more than 30 years have passed since the bizarre death of Debbie Wolf. Authorities believe her case is solved and closed but many feel the truth is still uncovered. Her family definitely believes that she was murdered. Now I'm gonna take a moment to talk about the suspects that her family believes could have been responsible for this. There are two and there are both volunteers at the hospital. And Demi was in charge of the volunteers, so she had a lot of close contact with them. The first one, like I said before, that had been stalking her was a volunteer at the hospital and he had a history of psychiatric illness and he would ask Debbie to go out with him constantly. And at one point he began to call her a lot on her home phone. And he claimed that he was gonna come see her at her house and stuff like that. But the authorities said that he did have an alibi and he refused to take a polygraph test. The next suspect is another volunteer who tried to ask Debbie to go out with him weeks prior to her disappearance, but she told him that she just wanted to be friends and she was not interested in him romantically. 
Her mother, Jenny, believes that this was the caller on the answering machine that said that Debbie had not been to work in a few days. He was also questioned by the police, but they found no evidence to link him to this. Now, her mother, Jenny, believed that one of these men was responsible because they had both tried to pursue romantic relations with her, and both of them apparently knew where she lived. Jenny believes that one of them took her hostage and kept her alive for several days, then killed her. She believes that he returned later to remove the barrel from the pond, so her death would appear to be accidental. Sadly, this case is still unresolved, and it looks like we will never get any answers to this. Sadly, it looks like we will never know what happened to Debbie Wolfe. Unfortunately, John, Jenny, and both Debbie's brothers, John Jr. and Joseph, have since passed away, but they still maintain that she was murdered. This is a really sad case because it's always sad when you have authorities that believe one thing and they're just so focused on that, and then you have the family who believes another thing and they refuse to believe that something else could happen. And they just don't, both sides just don't agree. And there's no coming together on that. And it's really sad when a family has to go through knowing that their child was murdered, but they can't do anything about it and they can't find who did this. So there's so many questions that remain unanswered up until their death. And it's just so heartbreaking. That was episode 50, The Mysterious Death of Debbie Wolf. I really hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed putting it out for you. If you could, please take a moment to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. If you have any ideas for upcoming cases, you can email me, truecrimeworks at gmail.com, or you can always message me on Instagram, and make sure to follow me over there. It's at truecrimeworks. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you all next week.